0: I'm grateful this afternoon, oh omnipotent Father, full of mercy and full of grace, who brought out our sins, that you see them no more. Lord, you are welcome in our business. Be our advocate, speak to us, intercede on our behalf teach us minister to our hearts this afternoon we welcome you in our presence we give you glory and honor in jesus name amen your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated the spirit of wisdom the spirit of wisdom we've been sharing in this church for several weeks on this subject of the spirit of wisdom and we just finished talking about some of the foolish things Or some of the things that foolish people do. Isn't that so? We talk about some of the things that foolish people do. But before we go on, why don't we read our foundational scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. The Bible says, exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hallelujah. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, Get understanding. Hallelujah. We've been sharing so much about this, and we talked about some of the things that foolish people do, things that foolish people engaged in. And we shared these things to help us also avoid doing them. And when we avoid engaging in the things that foolish people do, it makes us wise. Amen. It makes us wise. In the scriptures, you will find always God talking about what foolish people do and what wise people do. Foolish people do this, but wise people do that. Occasionally, the Bible calls foolish people simple, that you are simple. Hallelujah. It means the same thing. And we went through some few things. We said, number one, foolish people or a fool does not acknowledge God in what he does. A fool does not acknowledge God in what he does, and we shared a lot about this. Number two, we said, the fool mocks at sin. Someone who is not wise treats sin as a simple thing. They trivialize sin. That is a fool. Hallelujah. Someone who is a fool who mocks at sin? They have no respect for sin. There are people who engage in sin, but they come to church, you know, and they hear about what sin is and what they are doing, and they still continue in it. They have no regard for God. They do not regard God. Amen. Sometimes I wonder why people waste their time to come to church. If you are still insisting on living in sin, then why do you come? Why do you come? Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But someone who is like that, the Bible calls a fool. If you are a fool, you are a fool. I am sorry. The Bible was written before I was born. The third thing, we said foolish people despise instructions. Foolish people despise instructions. They do not value instructions. They don't care about instructions. Amen. Amen. Number five, what did we say? um, Is that number five? Number four, what did we say? Foolish Foolish people are meddlesome. Foolish people are meddlesome. They are meddlesome. They always feed into... Quarrels, that is foolish people. When you see someone doing that, you don't need any diagnosis to tell you that that is a fool. And number five, we said fools do not build on the right foundation. Fools do not build on the right foundation. You see, when you don't build anything on the right foundation, you live to experience the fruit of it. And we said, fools do not build on the right foundation. Today, I want us to talk a few things from the wise man's perspective. Amen. 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 A few things from the wise man's perspective. The things that the wise person or a wise man or wise people do. Things that wise people do. Is that a good thing yes. that we also talk about the things that wise people do. And if we are not doing them, then we begin to do them. Amen. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the wise builds and maintains his house. The wise builds and maintains his house. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, wisdom hath builded her house. Wisdom hath builded her house. Who has built a house? Is it a wealthy man? A wealthy man has built her house. A nice man has built her house. A quiet man has built her house. A quiet woman has built her house. He said, wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out seven pillars. Hallelujah. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out seven pillars. That means there ought to be pillars to support your house. Hallelujah. And wisdom does that. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14 and verse 1, it says, Every wise woman buildeth her house. Every wise woman buildeth her house. But the foolish it down with her hands. With her own hands. The foolish person plucks down his house or her house with her own hand. But a wise person, the wise person builds her house. Amen. Amen. A woman of wisdom builds her house and she maintains her house. Amen. You see, the wise builds and the fool builds. But the wise builds and maintains it. So if the fool is plucking it down, it means she built something. She built something, and the thing is trying to stand. The thing is trying to work, but she is plucking it down. To pluck it down means that the thing is standing, and you are making effort to bring it down. Hallelujah. That is what the foolish person does. He says, but the foolish pluck it down with her hands. With her hands. Amen. Amen. Makes effort to bring down what you have built. You make effort to destroy your marriage. One of the things we build in this life is relationship, marriage. We build it, but the fool plucks it down after she has built it. After she has married, she makes effort to bring it down. Amen. Intentional effort. (laughs) Wow. Using her own hand. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Proverbs 24 and verse 3, the Bible says, through wealth, a house is builded. Isn't that so? Through hard work, a house is built. Are you not reading the Bible? Through a good education, the house is built. Through a career, a house is built. Wow. But it says, through wisdom is an house builded. Amen. Through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding, it is established. Amen. And by knowledge, shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. All of this have to do with wisdom. Do you understand? To have knowledge and apply it is a sign of wisdom. To have understanding and apply it is a sign of a wise person. And the Bible says wisdom is built, wisdom builds its house. A house is built through wisdom and by understanding it is established. And through knowledge shall the chambers, the chambers of your relationship, the chambers of your marriage, the chambers of your life, the very parts of your life, They'll be filled with precious and pleasant things, precious and riches, not through wealth, not through a lot of money. A beautiful, peaceful home is not furnished. The chambers of a beautiful home is not furnished by wealth, but it's furnished by knowledge, which is a fruit of wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? So, we see from these scriptures that a house or household is built through wisdom. Your household can be built through wisdom. If you see an established home, it is a product of wisdom. If you see a stable home, it is the product of wisdom. And the absence of it, and the absence of it, or the lack of it, where you see the absence of an established home, an absence or the destruction of an established home is a result of foolishness. Do you understand? I want you to pay attention to the things we are sharing. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 33 and verse 6. It says, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Hallelujah. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy time. If you are going to see stability in your life, stability in your home, it is determined by the amount of wisdom and knowledge that you have and that you will apply. That is what is going to bring you stability in your home. That is what is going to bring you stability in your relationship. That is going to bring stability in what you build. Hallelujah. That is why the Bible says that I will give you pastors after my own heart. Who will do that? What will they do? They will feed you with what? Knowledge. Knowledge and what? And understanding. So if you are fed with knowledge and understanding, it is stability coming into your life. When God wants to see stability in your home, he gives you a pastor who feeds you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. If you are looking to build a stable home, then what you need is not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of schooling. What you need is wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what you need. The Bible says what you need to have stability in your times is not a lot of money. It's not a big house. What you need to bring stability in your time is not a nice woman. It's not a quiet man. What you need to bring stability in your home is not a gentleman. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying with you? It's not a man who opens the car door for you. That is not what is going to bring stability in your home. What is going to bring stability in your home is the application of wisdom and knowledge. That is what is going to bring stability in your home. Hallelujah. Now, when we talk about wisdom, we are not talking about what your mother told you about men. Do you understand? That is not the kind of wisdom we are talking about. That your, ma- your mother's experience in her marriage and what she has shared with you, that you have now come to know man to be this kind, or what your father told you about his experience about men, about women. That is not the kind of wisdom we are talking about. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? When we're talking about wisdom, we are talking about the Word of God. The wisdom that produces. Stable relationship or stable homes or stable marriage is the word of God. The wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Now back to Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, wisdom had builded her house. She had hewn out seven pillars. And then it says, she had killed her beast. She had killed her beast. You know, we have the term beast in our church. To mean unpleasantness. Do you understand? There's a lot of beasts in the home. That means there are a lot of unpleasant situations in the home. Do you understand? If somebody says, I have a very beastly day. That means I have a very unpleasant day. I have a beastly day at work. Or somebody says, I I had a beast with my boss. (laughs) That means you had a rough time with your boss. Or you had a beast with your wife. That means that you have a really unpleasant me- moment or period with your wife or with your husband. Do you understand? But it says that the person with wisdom, he says wisdom had builded her house. She had hewn out her seven pillars and she had killed her beast. A white person needs to erect pillars to stabilize, to maintain stability in her home or in his home. You have to erect pillars to hold your home. You see, this building, it has been here for a long time. And if you were to know the structures underneath this, see, the reason why sometimes you see such columns and things like that is because there are pillars. There are pillars that are holding all these structures. Do you understand? Sometimes when it's a very big hall, you will see even pillars in the center. To support it, and as long as those pillars are there, you, it maintains stability and you are comfortable to be there. You are comfortable to dwell there. Amen. If you were to come here every time and you feel the building is shaking like this, you will not be comfortable sitting quietly like this. Amen. So, everyone ought to erect pillars in their home. You ought to erect pillars to create stability in your home. Now, some of the wisdom pillars, that hold stability. Some of the wisdom pillars, that hold stability. Number one is to kill the beast in your home. Kill the beast in your home. Do you understand? Kill the beast. That means do not allow the beast to grow. Do not allow the beast to hang around for too long. Do you understand beast? <laughs> Do not allow unpleasant situations to stand for too long. Now, one way to kill any beast is to starve it. Yeah. Means not to feed it. When you don't feed the beast, the beast dies. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? When you don't feed the beast, the beast dies. If you feed the beast, the beast grows and it matures, and then it gives birth to another beast. In the book of Revelations, it says, and I saw a beast, and a second beast. Do you understand? If you see a beast and you don't kill it, you are about to see a second beast. Amen. But beasts die when you don't feed it. Amen. Beasts die when you don't feed it. Now, one way of Starving a beast or killing a beast is to ignore the beast. Ignore the beast. Do you understand? When you see a beast arising, ignore the beast. It takes a lot of effort to ignore the beast. Sometimes the beast is such as you have to feed it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes you feel like feeding the beast. But I'm telling you that if you feed the beast, it grows. And it gives birth to more beasts. So starve the beast. As difficult as it is to let the beast starve, starve the beast and the beast will die. Amen. 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 So one way of killing the beast is to ignore it. That is why when the person who starts the beast, if someone starts the beast and you ignore the beast, the person feels angry because the person is starving. Do you understand? He's starving for more. He's starving for water. He's starving for food. Feed the beast. And you are ignoring the beast. So the person gets angry. And he says, can't you hear what I said? I'm speaking to you. (laughs) I'm talking to you. Can't you hear what I said? Are you afraid? Do you understand? The person wants you to feed the beast. And the person gets angry when you are ignoring the beast. Isn't that so? Yeah. But that is a great key to starve the beast. To ignore the beast. Sometimes when you see a beast arising, it is better to walk out. Go out. And go and roam. By the time you come home, you realize the beast is dead. The beast is dead. I'm telling you. By the time you come home, you will find out that the beast is dead because the beast has been starved. The beast was waiting. (sighs) By the time you come, the beast has calmed down, calmed down, and is dead completely. Starve the beast. Do not feed into the beast. Amen. Another way of killing the beast is forgiveness. You see, unforgiveness is a lot of food to the beast. Unforgiveness is a lot of energy to the beast. So, bringing forgiveness into the home kills the beast. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When you bring forgiveness into the home, it kills beasts that are in your home. You see, in order for a classroom to remain stable and serve many generations of children, that classroom must have a cleaner. Or a duster for the chalkboard. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If a classroom is going to remain, the classroom that you sat in, the classroom that was used to teach you, if it is going to serve your children and to serve your children's children, then that classroom must have a cleaner for the chalkboard. Or it must have a duster. Such that whenever we write on it, we can write so many things during your time, we have to wipe it at the end of the day so that we come again and what we write will make sense. Mm. Isn't that so? Otherwise, if we were to come again and the same writings that we wrote the day before are on it and we continue to write, what do you think is going to happen? There will be a lot of Confusion. There will be no understanding of what is taught. Amen. That is why everyone entering into a relationship, everyone that is entering into a marriage, must carry along a cleaner or a duster with him or with her. Hallelujah. You must carry a cleaner or a duster. Bring it along with you. If you leave that out, there will be a lot of chaos. You must bring a cleaner or a duster that wipes off the board at the end of the day so that the next day we can begin a new board that is clean, that makes sense. So that when we begin to write on it, it will make sense. But if we leave what we wrote the night before, if we leave what we... That is why the Bible says, do not let the sun go down upon your anger. At the end of the day, wipe the board clean. Wipe it clean so you can begin another day. Because there are so many good things to learn the next day. There are so many blessings for the next day. But because of the confusion that was left on the board, the next day's blessing is all confused. As good as that may be. Somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, when you leave the board unclean, you realize, for instance, that the next day, Because of the confusion that we left unclean, the next day, there's so many blessings, so many goodness, so many blessings as we have to we have to meet, we have to meet this particular evening, this particular day is our day of fruitfulness. This particular day is our day of conception. This particular day is our day of blessing. But because of the confusion we left on the board that day, this blessing. Becomes confused. And we cannot even receive the blessing. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? So every evening, the board ought to be wiped clean. And if you leave that duster or you leave that cleaner home, you cannot survive. Then nothing makes sense to you. Hallelujah. Do not create a folder of unforgiveness. Do not create a folder of offenses. A folder of offenses that you have created, an arbitrary folder of offenses that you have created, such that when we sit down, we say there is a beast today that we want to settle. There's a beast today. And then you begin. You begin because you see, you have never wiped your board clean. And so, even today, as we have sat down to discuss the issue of today, there is so much confusion. You know, sometimes you sit down with a couple and you begin to resolve an issue. And then you say, begin. (laughs) Reverend, if I begin, we will not finish today. What issue has happened that we cannot finish today? But because the board has not been wiped clean, you say, Reverend, if I begin, we will not finish today. You see this thing. It started 16 years ago. You see, 16 years ago. Now, an issue that started 16 years ago, why should we sit down today to resolve it? So, by the time you, even I, the Reverend, by the time you finish narrating the 16 year history, wow. I am confused. <laughs> I am confused. Yeah. And I don't know what to tell you, I don't know what to share with you. If somebody understand what I'm sharing with you. You see, you have a folder section. You have a folder that is section section for forgetful birth- birthdays, forgetful mar- mar- um, uh, Mother's Day, <laughs> forgetting um, anniversary, um, hugging three women in front of me for three minutes each. You know, you remember all of that. Um, you didn't say, I miss you. You have that. And you see, you, you didn't call me for, you didn't call me when you, when, when you got to work. This day, he came in late. You see, you have sectioned them, and so you are bringing this, you are bringing that. By, by the time you realize, the whole board is confused, and the pastor is confused. I'm confused. I am confused somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? I am confused. So you see, whenever I sit with a couple and they begin to narrate to me and they take a deep breath and they say, Reverend, this thing, is started 22 years ago. I know that I'm going to be confused. <laughs> so I'm just waiting until the day, when the day comes. So as you are coming from 22 20, 18, 17, I'm just wiping it off. I wipe it off until you come to the day, the day's issue. Then my mind is clean. Then my mind is clean. Amen. Everyone ought to have, if a classroom is going to serve, you see, and a classroom, the same classroom can serve many children. But can you imagine if that same classroom that was used to teach you A, B, C, D, As simple as A, B, C, D, learning A, B, C, D is very simple. But if we leave A, B, C, D over the years on the board, and today we begin to teach you simple things as A, B, C, D. You cannot learn it. You cannot get it. As simple as A, B, C, D. Amen. And so it ought to be wiped at the end of the day so we can begin a new day. Hallelujah. So we can begin a new day. Amen. The next point, make a firm decision not to divorce. Make a firm decision. Make a firm decision not to divorce. You see the message that I'm sharing with you, it is for everyone. Even the young ones who are not married yet. Take this. Make a firm decision Not to divorce. Are you taking notes? In other words, do not make divorce an option in your relationship. Or do not make divorce an option in your home. Hallelujah. Whenever divorce becomes an option, I can guarantee you that you are going to divorce. You will divorce. If divorce is an option... If whenever you have a beast in your home, divorce is an option. That you keep saying, I am going to leave. I will leave. You will see. I will leave you. You watch. I'm going to leave. One day, I'm going to leave you. I know that one day, I'm going to leave. It will not be long, and I'm going to leave. You see, if that is an option, if divorce is an option, you are going to leave. I can tell you that. You are going to leave. So make a policy, make a policy, make it a policy in your home that it is not a vocabulary in our home. It is not part of our vocabulary. If you are planning to enter into a relationship, make a covenant with your partner, with your spouse, that divorce is not in our vocabulary. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? Make it a policy that no matter what happens, no matter what happens in your home, no matter what happens in your relationship, no matter what happens, divorce is not part of the solution. Divorce is not an option. Mm. Amen. Amen. You see, when you make divorce an option, when there's a window for divorce, it's like having a strong edge to... Ease yourself. Do you understand? To have a strong edge to urinate, for instance. Do you understand? Or to have a strong edge to defecate. Do you understand that word? Yes. yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. See, as long as as long as there is no option, as long as you have no option to ease yourself. You control it. Isn't that so? As long as there is no option to ease yourself, you control it. And you can hold it. And you can manage it. It can be very strong and edge. But when there is no option, you can control it. You can maintain it. Because you don't see any option. It's like you are in a car, you are driving. And you know that there is no close yes. gas station or something like that. You can manage. You can control it. You can handle it. You see, there was a time that um, in the first love church, they didn't have any restrooms, no bathrooms. And they come with their minds prepared and they handle it. They are okay. Because you have to take a cab to Go somewhere to use the restroom and so on and so forth. And so they manage. You see, when we are having a meeting, when we are having a meeting like this and there's no bathroom, you manage. If you know that the bathroom is unpleasant, you wouldn't want to go there. You manage. Do you understand? When we are having a meeting like this and we are talking and talking and we say, We give. You see, none of you feel like going to the bathroom, but right now, if I say we are giving five-minute break, five-minute wee-wee break, every one of you would want to wee-wee. Every one of you. Do you understand? When there is option, when there is an option, there is a stronger edge. So, when you are driving, you see, I'll tell you of an experience of a man of God. He said, um, one day he went to a place to preach, and As he was coming home, he was coming home with his wife and they were driving, they were driving, they were driving. And then he had, he doesn't know what they gave him to, to eat. (laughs) But he started feeling some turning in his stomach. He started feeling some turning in his stomach. And as he was coming, he was driving and he was coming. He could, his house was far. He says, this is not a place where, this is the feeling that I'm feeling. It's not the kind that I should go somewhere. Do you understand? So he was aiming at reaching home. <laughs> and then there was no option. You see, there was no option. And so he was driving and speeding, speeding, speeding. But he said, when he got home, in front of his house when he got he says he doesn't know what happened to the car whether he, he put it in parking whether he put it he just stopped the car opened the car and then ran. and he couldn't make it <laughs> because there was an option now now i see it i see a possibility I see a possibility, so full on running and it is coming. Amen. You see, whenever you feel like we win, you know, you you feel a strong edge. You feel a strong edge, you know, and you can contain it until you see the option. That here is the restroom, here is me. (laughs) How many of you have had this experience before? Oh, I'm not the only one. Oh, Wow. Right at the door. You see that the thing is coming. <laughs> the thing is coming. <laughs> wow. Right at the door. Right at the door. Grown man, grown man. Grown woman. Beautiful woman. Your hair done nicely. <laughs> Beautiful. Makeup and everything with lipstick. Nice. High heels. You see this, it is running down your... You'll be surprised. Right where the door is. Right there. You see, sometimes even when it's you, 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 you knock and then somebody is there, you are able to. <laughs> and then you begin to mark time. You begin to mark time. And then you begin to dance. <laughs> I don't know why people do that. As if you can, you know. Then we begin to dance. <laughs> grown man. Grown man. You see, I thought only children were doing that. One day I took my child, I took my child to the mall, and she wanted to go to the bathroom. For some reason, the bathrooms were all occupied. And then she started dancing. I said, what is that? <laughs> She started dancing when she was a little girl. And then I realized that it can happen to adults also. So you see, that is how divorce is when it's an option in your home. When it's an option, when you can see it, you see it's, it's a possibility, You, it will come. It will come. You will divorce. So do not make divorce an option in your home. Amen. Do not make divorce an option. If God says he hates divorce, he hates putting away, then you must also make it your policy that I also hate divorce. If God says he hates divorce, then there must be something really awful about divorce. There must be something really bad about divorce. Amen. Amen. That you don't also want it to be associated with you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, you must also hate divorce. Make it a policy that you also hate divorce. Amen. You see, every divorced person, every divorced person, a man or a woman, has an unpleasant side to him or to herself. Do you understand? Every divorced person, you have an unpleasant side to yourself. Do you know why? You see, the scripture in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 16. The scripture in Malachi chapter 2 and verse 16. It says, the message, give me the message version. It says, I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. God of the angel Amis says, I hate divorce the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. Hallelujah. I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh of marriage. You see, divorce, what divorce does, is it causes a violent dismembering of the two people. Jesus said, for this reason shall a man leave father and mother, and the twain or the two shall become one flesh. He says, and the two shall become one flesh. And the two shall become one flesh. And he says, and there are no more two. Why would he say that? Because that is what you see. But he says, there are no more two, but one flesh. They are no more two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God puts together, what God puts together, let no man put ascender. Let no man put ascender. That is why God says, I hate the violent dismembering because when he puts a man and a woman together, they become one flesh. And anyone that breaks them apart causes a violent dismembering. Have you have you, have you seen a whole chicken? You hold the two legs and then you rip it apart. Have you seen that before? Who has seen that before? Like you hold, you cook chicken, it's whole. And then you hold the two parts and then you rip it because you want to share it. Do you understand? You see, that is a violent dismembering. That is a violent dismembering of the one flesh. But you see, you would think that there are two people who have been married. And so there are two separate people. There is a man and there is a woman. But God is saying in the spirit, they have become one flesh. And when you put them apart, when you separate them, you have caused a violent dismembering. It is like this one flesh and you hold the leg apart and you rip it. That is what divorce does. You see, give me... Um, Give me a piece of paper. Let me show you something. Just a plain piece of paper. I don't know if this will work. but um, Okay. All right. Do you see this? Do you see this? Okay. What shape is this? It is a rectangle. This is a rectangle. Nicely described. Isn't that so? You see, when, when a man and a woman are together... When God put a man and a woman together, it's like this. Nicely described. You can describe the shape. Isn't that so? You can tell me that it is a rectangle. If I ask you to find the area, the surface area of this, a lot of you can do it. Even I can do it. <laughs> Isn't that so? Because you can easily measure the sides. And then you can find the area. So a marriage like this, that is together, is well defined. It's pleasant. It's nice to look at. It's easily described. That means it's easily handled. Do you understand? Now, when you separate the two, when you separate the two, you see, they have been brought together and God, in his own divine way, he has fused them and he has made it one flesh. Now, when you break the two, look at this. Do you see? What shape is this? You see, you don't have any idea. You can't describe this shape. Can you describe this shape? You can't. Why can you not describe this shape? It's just because of this edge. Isn't that so? So it has made it what? shapeless. You are calling it shapeless. That means you can't even find a form to describe it. What about this also? The same. This also has become shapeless. And is it become shapeless because of this side or that side or that side but it's because of this side. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you see someone who goes through divorce you develop a very rough surface. You develop a very rough surface. A surface of bitterness. You develop a surface of disappointment. You you develop a surface of anger. You develop a surface of misery. A surface of sleeplessness. When you go through divorce, this is what happens to you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And so God said, I hate the violent dismembering, dismembering of that one flesh. I hate it. I hate it. Because this is what happens to people. But you see, you do not know. You will think that I will get out of this and I will be okay. You will think that when I am out of this, I will be okay. But what is left of you is this surface. It's a rough edge. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so you may think that when you get out, you can marry again you can go and marry a smooth man, a smooth woman, someone who is easily handled, someone who can understand you. And so you go and find another man who has a shape like this. Who has this part to bring to you? Do you understand? And so you are bringing this side to... Put together with that side. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are bringing this side because this is the side that you brought into the marriage. And you have ripped it. And now you are bringing it again into another marriage. And this is what is happening. So someone, you find someone who is very smooth. But this is what is happening. You are filled with anger, bitterness, disappointment. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so God says, I hate the violent dismembering of the one flesh. And then you realize that what God has put together, nothing should separate. The only person that can fit this edge and make it that one flesh again is that same edge that was ripped apart. When it's brought together, then it fits. It's that same edge. And so there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You see, when you are going through this thing, when you are going through the process and your relationship is leading to this, you think you are going to be okay. You think you are going to be okay. So look, it says 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 6. Verse 6. Let's read from verse 6. He says, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. Do you understand? I speak this by permission and not of commandment. What is it? For I would that all men were even as myself. This is Paul. He says that I would, I wish that all men were like me. But every man hath his proper gift of God. One after this manner, another after that. Paul was not married. Paul never married. And then he said, I wish that all men were like me. I wish that you never even married. But not everyone can stand that. Do you understand? Everyone has a different gift. Some after this manner, some after that manner. That is why we have people who have set themselves aside just to serve God and never marry. So you have to respect the Catholic priests also. Do you understand? You have to really respect them. It's a gift. And then the next verse, it says, I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide, even as I, the unmarried and the widows. It is good. You see, if you are, you are planning to get married and if it doesn't work, you will get out, then, my friend, my advice to you is do not get involved in that relationship. Do not get involved in that relationship. If your plan is that, I will, if it doesn't work, I will get out, then you better not get involved at all. Because it is a one-way street. Once you take that path, you are not coming back. Do you understand? I think some people are beginning to think, is this the way the things are? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So he says, I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. It is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to ban. That is also, if you feel burning, the best thing is to marry. Do you understand? It is better to marry than to ban. Then he says, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. This is a command from the Lord. You see, what Paul was sharing, he was sharing from his own mind. All the things that we are reading, that, you know, if you feel you can't marry, then stay by yourself, don't marry, and so on and so forth. This is what he took from the scripture. That for me to marry and then some beast will come and cause a violent dismembering, then I will not marry. Do you understand? But this is what he's saying to the married. He says, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. This is the Lord's commandment. Let not the wife depart from her husband. Let not the wife depart from her husband. But and if she departs, let her remain unmarried. Because of this, do you understand? Because there's a violent dismembering that has occurred. So he says, And if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband back again. And let not the husband put away his wife. Hallelujah. she, if she is unmarried, then she ought to remain unmarried. But if she wants to go back, then she has to be reconciled because that is the only person, that is the only person who fits exactly these rough edges. That is the only person. And so, God says, what he has put together, let no man put ascender. Let no man put ascender. Now I can understand... That there are certain situations that are beyond you. There are certain situations that you have no control over. Do you understand? There are certain divorce situations where you wouldn't want it to happen. And may you never want it to happen. But there are certain situations that you cannot do anything about. If the man says he's leaving, you can't do anything. Do you understand? Or the woman says, she's leaving. You can't do anything. And so verse 15, verse 15 of that same scripture, it says, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases. That means that when, if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Now, when that happens, then that scripture about that you remain unmarried it doesn't apply to you. It says, then a brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God had called us to peace. And that means that by the grace of God, if that is not from you, then God is going to heal your rough edges. God is going to restore your rough edges. God is going to amend your rough edges. That is why. That is why when you go through this, when you go through this kind of thing, and you make decisions. You say, I am not going to enter into this relationship ever again. I will never marry again. As for men, I will never get involved with men again. As for women, I will never... When you say that, you'll be saying that that is your heart. That is your mind. But when you subject yourself to the word of God, after you subject yourself to the word of God and subject yourself to the... You see that the rough edges of hatred, anger... Disappointment is you that it is smoothening out, it is smoothing, and then you develop now a new edge to want to marry again. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is the word of God. God will heal you. God will restore you. But it says, "But if the unbelieving departs, let him depart. Some of you you are unfortunately getting involved in relationship with the unbelieving, and they depart. When they depart, let them depart. That you can't do anything about. For the word says, "Do not be equally yoked together with an unbeliever. Do not be equally yoked together with an unbeliever, because he will leave you. God knows, beloved. The word of God is the magic for relationships. The word of God is the magic for relationship. If you want to enter into the word of, if you want to enter into a relationship then have a full understanding of the word of God about marriage. Amen. Otherwise, do not venture into it. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Otherwise, do not venture into it. So for those of you who have gone through divorce and you have gone through certain rough experiences, God is going to heal you. God will restore the, smooth, the rough edges and he will make you someone who can marry again. He will cause a smooth line to bond again with another smooth person that he's going to put together as one flesh our time is up we don't have time to share a lot so we will pause here for now and we will continue next time we meet why don't you stand to your feet stand to your feet oh jesus help us help us give us wisdom in whatever we are building give us wisdom give us wisdom give us wisdom in whatever we are building let us have wisdom let us have wisdom that we will kill our beast. father let not the beast remain let not the beast grow let not the beast grow in our relationships In our relationship with you in our relationship with our fellow church members let not the beast grow let not the beast grow help us Lord to kill the beast to kill the beast whatever relationship we are building Lord give us wisdom you say, for wisdom had built her house and he had healed her seven pillars help us Lord to heal the pillars of wisdom the pillars of wisdom To support what we are building. The pillars of wisdom to hold our household. To hold our home. To bring stability. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. In the name of Jesus. We are a no divorce policy. We have a no divorce policy. and no separation policy. We are once together and we will forever be together. You are my friend and we will always be friends together. In the name of Jesus. No offense shall be filed. No offense shall go in a file. There is no file that can contain our offenses. Therefore we will not create one. In the name of Jesus. Oh yes way some in oh yes the lord will take us higher and higher fill us with wisdom fill us with knowledge fill us with understanding oh jesus and grateful this afternoon for your word. We give you glory and honor. We thank you Lord for showing us things. We will have Lord. We will love what you love and we will hate what you hate. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus name. amen. Amen. If there's anyone here this afternoon you are not born again. You have not given your life to Christ. You are saying Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to be born again. If that is your prayer this afternoon, you want to come to Jesus. You want to welcome Jesus into your life. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. As my personal savior. If that is your prayer. Just lift up your right hand. And I'll pray with you. Is anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone here like that? You feel. You hear a voice. Jesus is talking to you. You are the one. He's talking to He says he's here. To welcome you. Into the kingdom. Is anyone here like that? Father we thank you. We give you glory. We honor you to give you glory for the gift of salvation in jesus name amen why don't you clap for jesus as you take your seats have you learned something today are you making a decision today a policy young ones are you making a decision that if i'm going to enter into this relationship then i will have the same policy like god and say i hate divorce amen